O God, whose glory it is always to have mercy, be gracious to all who have gone astray from your ways and bring them again with penitent hearts and steadfast faith to embrace and hold fast the unchangeable truth of your word, Jesus Christ, your Son, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns, one God, forever and ever. Amen. (coughs) Last week we um, began this season of Lent with a sermon titled, A Messy Story. And we talked about how most stories are a bit messy. You begin with a situation, that situation... um, faces some conflict, and then at some point later in the story, there's resolution. And so we compared that to the story of humanity, how humanity was created in God's image, and yet we fell, and we broke that image. But God has been faithful to come through the person of Jesus, His eternal Son, And has come to restore that image in us. This week we're looking at two messy stories. Two stories, each of two men. Nathan the prophet and David the king. And this parable of a Pharisee and a tax collector. We often hear that failure is not an option. You probably associate that with the uh, uh, Apollo 13 movies or movie. Failure is not an option. And that sounds good, doesn't it? Failure is not an option. We can do this. We will do this. We'll accomplish our plans. We'll meet our goals. We'll do it, we intend. And failure is not an option. But is failure really not an option? How many of us can say that we've never failed? See, failure is indeed an option. In fact, if we haven't failed in life if we haven't fallen perhaps we haven't tried much of anything difficult this morning I want you to consider with me what about those times when we make a mess of things Particularly when we find ourselves flat on our faces. When we sin. When we stumble. When we fall. When we fail. The fact is that we do sometimes fail. We fail at sports. We go out for the team and we just don't make the cut. 
We prepare for the game. Perhaps a big game. The championship game. And the other team just happens to edge us out. And we lose. And all that we've worked toward seems for naught. We fail in academics. We study and we study and we prepare and we prepare and we do our best to get ready. And then we find we've fallen just short of a D. After all, D's get degrees. Am I right? We think we can handle the workload. And so we add on a, an extra class or two to try to either get ahead or catch back up. And then we find ourselves mid-semester drowning and wondering what have we done to ourselves and we feel like a failure. We sometimes fail at relationships with the best of intentions, with the purest of motives. We find that we've messed up and we've made a mess. Sometimes these relationships are friendships. Sometimes they're business relationships. And sometimes they're the most intimate of relationships in our lives. With a spouse, with a child, with a parent. We sometimes fail. And if we're honest with ourselves, and I... Hope we can be honest with ourselves. We sometimes fail in following Jesus. That's not a... Well, we really run a risk. I was going to say that's not a popular thing to, to think about. Some folks focus so much on failure that failure is almost inevitable. We just, you know, we mess up every day. We sin every day, gross sins in thought, word, and deed, and we're just failures. I don't want to go there this morning because I don't think the Scriptures go there. But I also don't want to go down that path that says, oh, we can never fail. We can do no wrong. Because I know in my life, and I know in the lives of the saints of Scripture, that sometimes we do fail in following Jesus. Not because we have to fail, but simply because we do sometimes fail. Not even because failure is necessary. Because it's not necessary. But because failure is possible. What we find is not only is it possible, but it's also highly likely. Why is it possible to fail even with the best of intentions, even when following Jesus? 
failure is possible because of freedom? Seems like a very simple answer. But freedom means there is an alternative. It means there are options. John Wesley, one of my theological heroes and the founder of Methodism, in speaking of human freedom being made in God's image, he said, we are able to stand and yet liable to fall. Because we have been created to respond freely to God, it is possible that we will respond inappropriately. It is possible that we will grasp our freedom and do harm with it. It is possible that even with the best of intentions, we will sometimes fail. And so we come upon the story of a man named King David. A man that we know an awful lot about. A man that we learn about in Sunday school. A man that we saw depicted in the pictures on the, uh, the flanographs. A man that's been depicted by talking vegetables in cartoon form. But a man who is Israel's greatest ever king. David was Israel's king par excellence. He was the best. Not only was he the best, he was their standard. He was the king against which all other of Israel's kings would be measured. If you read through Chronicles and if you read through Kings, you'll find that all of the kings are compared to David because he was the standard, he was the best. He wasn't even the first. His reign came after the abysmal failure of King Saul. And David is the one about whom God says to the prophet Samuel, He is a man after my own heart. And yet we find that King David becomes a murderer, an adulterer, a liar, and a schemer. How could this one, a man after God's own heart, the greatest king in all of Israel's history, how could he fall so far? How could he fail so badly? How could he let his God down so poorly and let his people down so miserably? Because he chose otherwise. He chose self. He chose his own interests. 
He chose what he wanted on his terms at any cost. And so the prophet Nathan is sent by Yahweh to approach the king to enter the king's home and to go before the king and say, I've got a little story for you. There were two men. One was quite fortunate. And the other was not so much. David immediately knows what ought to be. That man who has done wrong, who has crushed that other man, that man ought to be killed. This is terrible. This is a terrible mess. Little did he know that the very next words he would hear would be from the prophet Nathan with his finger in David's face saying, You are that man. What have you done? You know, sometimes flat on our faces before God is exactly where we need to be. It's easy to be proud when we're standing tall and seeing others fall. But the scriptures tell us that pride comes before destruction. And the scriptures also tell us, Jesus tells us in the gospel this morning, all who exalt themselves will be humbled. Sometimes flat on our faces before God is exactly where we need to be. The question on which all of eternity hinges is this. When we find ourselves flat on our faces, where do we look next? Because there will be times where we find ourselves flat on our faces. Not because there was no other option. Not because it was inevitable. Because there were other options. The other options were to follow God faithfully. The other options were to be obedient. 
But we find ourselves flat on our faces. And what then matters is what next? Do we look to ourselves? You know what that looks like. You know what that sounds like. How could this happen to me? I had it all together. I was doing the right thing. I was going the right way. How me? Why me? I thought I had it all worked out. I've been moving right along quite well. And do we look to others? Looking around us to see who's keeping score. They're no better than I am. What are they looking at? See, the problem is that when we look in either of these two directions, either at ourselves or at others, our focus is still on us. We're either trying to save self or we're trying to save face. And unfortunately, there's no salvation in either of these But there's another option. We could look to Jesus. We could look to Jesus and say, Lord, I'm weak. I'm tired. I'm needy. I'm broken. Could you and would you fix me? Could you and would you help me? Could you and would you give me rest and give me strength? Because I'm at the bottom, Lord. I've made a mess. There's no one to blame but me. And there's Nowhere to turn but you. May we, when we find ourselves in a mess that we've made, when we find ourselves flat on our faces before God because we have fallen, may we posture ourselves as did David when he was approached by the prophet Nathan.
And the fact is that sometimes in our lives we need those Nathans. We need those people with the courage to say, you've blown it. And when that happens in our lives, and when we find ourselves faced with our failure, may we respond as David did. with a lump in our gut that says there's only one way out and it's the way of the cross. It is the way of submission. It is the way of acceptance. It is the way of admittance. May we posture ourselves as did the tax collector that Publican from Jesus' parable. Because it's easy and it's tempting to be the Pharisee. We like to wag our fingers at them and scoff at them and use their name as a byword. But it's easy sometimes to say, Thank you, Lord. For how good I've got it. And for how well I'm doing it. Because I've got this. And I've got it pretty well. And it's hard to be like the tax collector. Who's afraid to even lift his face. That simply beats his chest and says, Lord, have mercy on me. I've blown it. I've made a mess of things. I've screwed up bad. See, far too easily, if we're not on our faces before God, our posture is that of the self-righteous and disdainful Pharisee. Far too easily, if we're not on our faces before God, our posture is too much like that of the self-respecting and dignified king who says, who are you to accuse me? And how dare you come to me like this? I'm the king after all. Don't you know who I am? When we find ourselves having made a mess, and when we find ourselves surrounded by our own mess, 
When we find that we have failed, that we have fallen, and that we're flat on our faces before God. May we cry out for mercy and grace. The psalmist said that lead me to the rock that is higher than I am. But there are times where we simply need to throw ourselves before that rock. Lord, have mercy on me. minister grace into my life and enable me to cry out also for honesty and humility may we come to a place where deception and denial just won't do anymore and where all we seek for is honesty and humility Brokenness. Because that's where there's healing. May we cry out for renewal and healing. May we be drawn to that place where we find ourselves sick and tired of being sick and tired. And where our only response is, Lord, I need you and I need your touch. I need you to heal me because I'm broken. And I need you to renew me because I'm tired. I'm worn out. I've got nothing left. And may we cry out for strength and resolve. Strength and resolve not so that we can pick ourselves up again and dust ourselves off and continue on our way again. Too many of us settle for that sort of theology that sort of religious experience. Lord, I want to pick myself up and make sure that I'm okay and keep going. But we need to cry out for strength and resolve to allow ourselves to be picked up and to be carried sometimes. Because sometimes, most of the time, that's what we need. Lord, if that's what it takes, would you drag me down that road where I need to go?
you notice what Jesus' parable said about the Pharisee when he was praying? A very odd way of wording it, Jesus used. He said, A Pharisee stood and he prayed thus with himself. That's an odd way to put it. You ever find yourself just praying with yourself? I don't think the Pharisee really even stopped and thought to ask, is God hearing me? God, are you there? I think that very well might have been the furthest thing from the Pharisee's mind because he's so concerned with himself. But I'll tell you where God is and when God is listening. When we find ourselves like the tax collector when we find ourselves faced with the reality that we're no more than a publican and we beat our chest before the Lord and just cry out to Him. That's where there's healing. And that's where there's a God who listens who knows and who says I am here let's pray